Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy! And now, let's get to this week's episode. So today we're going to be talking about what happens when you actually find a home you want to make an offer on and kind of the process and what to expect when that happens. So let's dive in. All right, let's get started. (laughs) Um, So first of all, I want to just kind of clear up some, I think, confusion or a question I get a lot when people are going to make an offer or submit a contract or I'm creating a purchase agreement. And that is all of those things are the same. So they're used interchangeably throughout the industry. Um, It just kind of depends whatever nomenclature um, the agent you're working with Mm -hmm. uses. So, you know, a lot of times I'll get the question of, what does that mean? Purchase agreement, you know, you get the paperwork and you're like, what does that mean? So they're all the same thing. Um, The second thing that I kind of want to bring up is when you are ready to submit an offer is that this isn't like a TV show where, you know, I kind of just hop on the phone with the listing agent and say, we're going to offer this close then and it's all squared away and we have a, an accepted offer. Yeah, we wish it could be that easy, right? I mean, it would be so <laughs> nice. Unfortunately, they edit all of the real yeah. kind of the real work Behind out on TV shows. And we actually do need signatures. Um, luckily, in this day and age, it's all online. It's mm-hmm. digital. So, you know, we discuss what the offer details are, but then I actually send it to you digitally. So just kind of something to be prepared for. Um, I know I've had a couple clients that, you know, haven't bought recently since technology came out and they just wanted me to like call the agent and I'm like, hold up guys. We, we actually have to have signatures. So which is why it's important. Um, and something that we've touched base on quite a bit throughout this, um, podcast and the episodes working with the right people who can, who can coach you through that and educate you through that and be that guiding hand. I, I feel like I beat that like a dead horse, (laughs) but it's kind of my MO. So coach, educate, and be a guiding hand. It's, um, it's really important because things have changed quite significantly. We're definitely in the technology age, which is um, both a blessing and then sometimes for others, it's it can be really cumbersome. But all in all, I think that it actually helps speed along the process. And we do that on our end, too. It does. And I think it allows time for the buyer to kind of think about things. So, you know, if we leave a house and they've 
had their mindset on one specific price point or one specific closing date. But then, you know, a lot of times on my way back before I write up the paperwork, I will call the listing agent and just kind of say, Hey, what are you guys hoping for a closing date? What are you guys hoping for, you know, from a financial perspective? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what kind of like mortgage are, are you expecting? You know, some, some sellers don't want to go FHA, due yeah. to potential work orders if the house hasn't been maintained. Um, and so we can kind of change that and I can send that those changes over sure. as opposed to signing it while we're at the house right. and then what do we do? So digital is great, but it's just kind of a heads up that, you know, once we've discussed making an offer, like that doesn't in and of itself create the offer. So right. there is paperwork, there is legal documentation that needs to be signed. So. Absolutely. So yeah, I just wanted to call that out. So a couple of things kind of getting into the contract and we're not going to go like too far into details, but just kind of some of the important, I think, things to consider and then how the lending side plays into that is obviously purchase price. So we'll discuss, you know, what the list price is, how long it's been on the market. You know, I'll come up with my idea of what I think Mm -hmm. is a decent purchase price and then the buyer will decide what they actually want to purchase it for, um, having your financing in order. So understanding what percentage of a down payment you have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what type of financing you have. So what program you're going to go with, there's a ton to choose from. Right. And you're, uh, you know, I'm just going to step in here for a second. Yeah. One would hope, and for the most part, I'd say there's such a large percentage of people that do, um, they already have all of that stuff in place if they're going out and looking at homes. And I know that you guys as the real estate agents, you have a little bit more peace of mind if your buyers that you're working with and going out and looking homes at homes with they have all of that stuff lined up and in place. It really does help because it gives you a fundamental understanding of what you can afford and what the expectation is. And so we're not scrambling because especially in the market that we're dealing with right now, it's like, you know, sometimes we have from the time we see the home, you know, maybe two or three or four hours to submit an offer. So one thing you really don't want to be behind the gun on is having, having getting that pre-approval. In order. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So I think Absolutely. that's a really important thing to to touch on is to make sure that you have that squared away because yeah. I and I can't really submit an offer without that in place. You know, you it can't. even if you don't have like a fully pre-approved letter, Mm -hmm. I need to know what your down payment is, what Mm -hmm. type of financing you have. Like those are required things on the contract. So, and when you're submitting that offer to have that pre-approval letter in place, just gives that listing agent more confidence in that specific offer. Yeah. You know, they're going to, they're at the end of the day, after that time period of them accepting the offers, they're, they're going to look through and have those, you know, they're going to sit down with their sellers and really dive into each one of those offers and which one is going to be the strongest more oftentimes than not. Now, like don't quote us on this more oftentimes than not though. And I'm sure you can agree. They're going to, they're going to really look harder at those ones that do have pre-approval letters. And we will actually go a little bit further into that here in just a minute on, um, things that the lender can do, um, strategically to, to kind of help with that process also. Yeah. And I would even say in this market, you know, if you don't have a pre-approval letter with your offer, 
you know, the seller may just reject it flat out because they're not even going to look at it. So they want, they want pretty serious buyers. The ones that are, are acting quickly, like, yes, you've acted quickly, but, um, the finances are, they're, they're probably one of the most important aspects to this. Exactly. So. And they know that you're serious too, because you've done the work ahead of time to get all the documentation to a lender. So they yep. know that you're actually going to likely follow through with the purchase. It's yep. not just a split second decision, you know, requesting to see a home on Zillow and now we're offering with, <laughs> with nothing in order. So yeah. that's kind of the biggest one, the biggest piece of the contract. Um, I just want to quickly touch on a couple of other ones that I think, you know, are important or at least decisions that you want to start thinking about. Um, the next one is closing date. So when do you want to actually purchase the home? Right. And so, and we've talked, I think a little bit about this in previous episodes, but one thing to keep in mind is like, if you have a lease, you typically don't pay that first month after mm-hmm. you you purchase the home. So like, let's say your, you know, your closing date is May 7th. You wouldn't have a payment due until July. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind. And closing date, you know, a lot of people, a lot of sellers want a fast closing or they'll say a quick closing possible, but mm-hmm you know, some sellers need to find their next place to live. And so we may have to give them a little bit of time, just something that you have to make a decision on. And I can guide you in that process. Um, but it is, it it is an important factor as well. Um, and then the last couple ones that I just want to touch on are, is the inspection. And that is one of the contingencies or a part of the checklist that Mm -hmm. will be completed once your offer is accepted. And yeah, what, what, differentiates an inspection versus an appraisal? Great question. I'm (laughs) glad you asked, Kelly. So yeah, so this is another question that I get a lot of times is, oh, well, we have to have an appraisal, so what do we need an inspection for? So the inspection is really for the buyer, and I will also mention that it is paid for by the buyer. Mm -hmm. Um, It typically costs... I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and it typically costs between like 350 to 500, depending on the size of the home, the age of the home, um, the inspection company that you use, and Mm -hmm. all the different inspections you can get. Um, you know, the typical one in Minnesota is just a whole house inspection with typically a radon test, which is a three day test. Um, and I can talk to you about that specifically when we get to that point. Um, but it really is for the buyer to understand the systems of the home and the condition of the home. Mm -hmm. Whereas the appraisal, the appraisal is something that, um, so as the mortgage company, we hire on third-party vendors, um, an appraiser, to come out and actually appraise the value of your home as, a, as compared to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, other, other homes in that specific market and how they compare, maybe square footage-wise, condition of like windows. I'm just kind of touching on some of the... The, the big ones. The bigger ones. But yeah, yeah. Mean, the va- this is an appraiser coming out to assess the value of your home, which is really important for the loan aspect of it too. So, you know, if your home appraises a little bit higher, boom, you've got instant equity That's as opposed to what we were going in at for the purchase price. But if it appraises lower, then we have a little bit different situation at hand. And we won't dive into that, but um, those are things that um, 
Dina as the real estate agent and then myself as the mortgage lender, we have conversations around once we cross that bridge. Exactly. And it is typically something that's done after you know, your own inspection is done. Um, you get the rest of the paperwork into Kelly. Um, it's something that typically takes place. I would say two to three to four weeks after a signed agreement. Yeah. So sometimes sooner, but yeah. Yeah. Depending on the the timeline timeline. of the loan and the availability of appraisers. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so yeah, great question (laughs) on inspection versus appraisal. And, I don't know if I said it before, but I did just want to call out that an inspection is recommended, but it isn't required. Right. Whereas an appraisal, if you're getting a loan, is required. Yep. And there are, and let's just go back to that real quick. There are costs that are involved with that appraisal, but that cost isn't due until, um, actually, now things have changed a little bit where there's a fee that's collected up front for that appraisal prior to the closing table. So just keep that in mind um, that there's a couple of costs that come up as we're going through the mortgage process. Yep. Once you've put in an offer. So the first one would be the earnest money. Yep. And then second would be the inspection fee. And then third would be that appraisal fee. So there are costs involved, but then you have your total cash to close at the end of everything on closing day. And that's something that Kelly can, again, go through with you before, you know, you go out and start looking so you have an understanding Mm -hmm. of what it's going to cost you. Um, And I do think I will bring up power. Exactly. Um, I will bring up earnest money. It's funny because we did a video earlier this week on it and (laughs) then I like totally overlooked it uh, (laughs) in the contract process. But earnest money is I call it the buyer's skin in the game. So it's kind of like a non-refundable deposit. Yep. And it's for the seller as, you know, if they accept an offer that their home is no longer in the market. Right. And so it just kind of protects them from that time that it's not on the market. But as long as you go through with the purchase of your home, it goes towards your down payment and cash to close. Yep. So it's that amount that you have put down for the earnest money is deducted from your total cash to close that you would come to the closing table with. Exactly. Exactly. And it's typically 1% of purchase price. And I will just also mention that it is something that you do have to have available to you. So it's just like good information, I think, to have because I know like when we bought our first home, number one, we didn't have like we didn't know that we had to have earnest money. And so I think we put like $500 earnest money. I can't even believe they accepted our offer because it was, they did, they did, (laughs) but it was like, Oh my gosh, like what were we thinking? And then too, like understanding that you have to have that money accessible to you because we know, like we work with a lot of people where, especially first time home buyers, like they may be getting a lot of their down payment as a gift or from an inheritance. And it may be in another account, but it's important to note that the earnest money needs to be submitted or paid for within three days. Yeah. So it's just kind of an important note and something to be ready for. Um, and then I think that's really all I wanted to go through on the purchase agreement. Did we touch on like contingencies or anything around that? Or did we, did I just like, Oh, sorry. I kind of, yeah. So contingencies are, so a lot of times you'll hear like an agent say, Oh, 
you know, this offer, there's been an offer accepted contingent on, and there's a variety of things. Sale of home. Other money, third party approval, third party approval. If it's like a short sale, submitted. Yeah. And so what a contingency is, is it kind of at the beginning of the process of once an offer has been submitted and accepted is a contingency is just kind of a list of a checklist of items that need to be completed once. And once those are completed, it kind of moves through the process of. Yeah. To the closing. Sure. Yeah. Just it, it, that ball will continue to roll once those contingencies have been met. Let's just put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, yeah. So like one of them is the contingency like of a sale of another property. If you, you know, if you need that money to go towards your down payment, um, the inspection is a contingency where that's an opportunity for you to get the home looked at again, like I said. And then mm-hmm. if you aren't comfortable at that point, you know, you can get out of it. Yep. And typically, and I'm just going to say this as like a broad statement, this isn't the case in every single one because it can be different. But typically, if you still have a contingency that's left unchecked, you can get your earnest money back. Yeah if you change your mind or if something like if one of those contingencies prevents you from purchasing the home. Yeah. So like the appraisal, if it doesn't come in at the appraised value, you can't get the loan. Yeah. You would be able to get that earnest money back. Yes. So that's just kind of something to mention there because I know a lot of people get nervous about that of like, what does this all mean? So mm-hmm. touched Good. on that quick. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then I think those are kind of like the standard portions of the contract I think and then just kind of to segue into that strategic side of things there are strategies that once you're submitting an offer both the lender and myself as a realtor can do to Mm -hmm. kind of help you get that offer accepted and I'll just mention mine and then you want to mention yours absolutely perfect so one thing that I always recommend to my buyers, especially if it's a first time home buyer and the home you're purchasing is still, um, still has the owners in the home is to kind of write a love letter to the seller to say why you love the home, why you like, why you want to purchase the home, like the feeling that you got when you walked in the door, that sense of like, you know, starting a new chapter in life Mm -hmm. and just kind of to kind of pull up those heartstrings a little bit. There's so much competition right now that, Writing a, a letter to the seller can sometimes really help and set, set you yourself apart. apart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And what, on on the lending side, something that I've adopted um, since I first started in the industry is, um, as soon as that offer has been submitted, I am I'm getting the contact information for that listing agent, and reaching out and giving the vote of confidence for for my buyers. Um, a lot of times leading up to that, something, you know, just going back to that contingency part, um, you don't have to have all documentation in, but it's something that if you're going to be working with me as your lender, I'm going to require it. Like yeah. I want to make sure that I'm really diving into those documents um, because if you've submitted an application, sometimes people can, I, I don't want to say fudge numbers, but maybe 
forget actually what their income is. So income could be pulling in a little bit higher or it could be coming in a little bit lower. Right. And that can really, I mean, it can, it can change the numbers. Yeah, for so sure. I really want to make sure and, you know, the minimum required documents I like to have in place are a pay stub, mm-hmm. W-2 from last year, um, tax returns. And, you know, if you're going to be pulling in from, specific assets, meaning your checking or savings or a 401k for your down payment and or cash to close. I just want to make sure, um, validate those statements to make sure that everything numbers are really looking good as we're submitting that offer. Otherwise, it's a little bit more challenging having that conversation with the listing agent and giving the vote of confidence for a specific buyer or buyers um, for that offer. Yeah. And I think that's huge because I don't, you know, I, I don't think a lot of lenders do that upfront work, you know? And so if you can tell the listing agent, do this. Yeah. But I mean, that, that will set you apart in the sense of like, you know, when you're submitting an offer, if Kelly's calling on your behalf and saying like, Hey, we already have everything squared away. I know exactly their financial situation. And so I know that they're good to go on this. Yeah. Credit's been pulled. We've got all of the liabilities pulling through. Everything looks really great. (laughs) Yeah. I think that is, you know, hugely helpful. I know it's helped me win offers um, in the past. And so I think it's something that is important. And I think too, just kind of presenting ourselves. And like we've talked about before as a team and that we're all mm-hmm. on the same side, we're going to work together on this. Um, you know, the purchase agreements where I've had things go awry is typically with a lender that I don't work with. Usually <laughs> either the, the buyer wanted to work with a specific lender that they already mm-hmm. knew when they got in contact with me separately or found me somewhere else. Yep. And there's nothing potential, like it can go either way. Like yeah, we can, absolutely. we can either build a relationship or it can go south real fast. And I've had the, I've had it go both ways. I mean, right. we're here today because we didn't know each other. We got kind of put together on a blind date and it worked <laughs> really true. well. Yep. And so it is finding those people and working with those people and understanding that, you know, when you're out looking for a home, it is a team effort and it's not just the realtor or it's not just the lender. It is absolutely yeah. both of us. And I think we could even pull in the, the listing agent on that as well. Yeah. Because it's a cohesive unit. Yeah. Because we want everything to go as smooth as possible. And so I think setting that expectation up front and understanding that from, from the client or the buyer's perspective, um, goes a long way. So definitely. So, yeah, so that was hopefully helpful to you guys and hopefully not too into the weeds, but I think we did it was a good job high of, level overview. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if you have it's any, something that has to be covered. Yeah. And I think, cause I think it's something that people kind of tend to shy, shy away from because it is like legal documents. And so they're like, Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know what any of this means. And I, I mean, that's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's why we kind of wanted to dig into it. And it just kind of gives you guys the ability to set yourself up for success when you are ready to go look for a home, put an offer in on a home, you know what decisions you're going to have to make or what information, you know, you need, you need to, to be prepared for. So, so yeah, hopefully, good, yeah, really yeah. So we hope that you guys have a great day and we'll be back next week with a special bonus episode, a little yes. bit of fun. 
And yeah, if you have any questions, uh, you can find both Kelly and myself on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, under our names. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Make the best of it. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.